man. So let's see. Brown. I've been in a hospital and Bob's been in a hospital and we've been back to the hospital several times for I've been to the clinic a few times. A blood test that can only happen at the hospital for some reason. Me too. And mm-hmm. then uh yeah, so my brain is pretty well like melted at this point. But mm. such is so I such mean, as parenthood. Yeah, such as parenthood. Yeah. Nobody asked for this level of responsibility but everyone who everyone feels this who um such times come to them as gandalf would say i butchered that line but so do all who live to see such such times times, but it's not for them to decide but it's not for them to decide gandalf is a um either he's either a universalist or he's some kind of fringe Christian, but he is a Christian. That's all I'm going to say. Well, he's the uh, he's the keeper of the secret fire, uh, oh, servant of the secret fire, um, keeper of the flame of Anor. But the dark fires will not avail you. But the the flame, flame of, of Udun. Udun. <laughs> <laughs> the dark fire shall not avail you. Flame of Udun. Flame of Udun. All right. Well, you guys ready? Let's do it. I'm dad. I'm not. And I'm dad. And, <laughs> and welcome, welcome to, to the House Plants podcast. podcast. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling very singled out, but you know what? Um, it's all good. I, you, I support the heck out of you. You are dad. Yeah, yeah. I still support the heck out of you too, though. Thanks, man. Father's Day, Father's Day, Father's Day for us fathers out there. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Father's Day to everybody listening in. Um, We are the House Plants Podcast, and we are here to talk about. Uh, Let's see if I can remember um, something about like music, media, yeah, and something along the lines of the mission of Jesus as well was in there. Yeah, and being a daddy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so much more. Um, well, well, guys, I got to say that it's 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 been a while, but I'm I'm excited to be back with you guys. Uh, lots happened in all of our lives, um, but yeah, I'm mostly I'm, I'm, in I'm really two of your lives. Didn't mm-hmm. did we miss Bob last time? Mm. Uh, I I, I want to say last yes. time, not last time. Oh, the time the before. time before last, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so we've been we uh, have had a few weeks in between recordings the last couple times. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And so much, so much has taken place. That's right. Um, I am graduated from the theological seminary. Yeah. Yep. Um, got that masters. And then I immediately went into the mode of uh, becoming a dad, like literally less than a week later. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And my little foster baby uh, ended up getting sick, and we had to uh, spend what equated to just shy of two weeks in the hospital. So, Dang. so it's which uh, which everything is good now. Um, mm-hmm. So it wasn't like an ICU situation. It was like this is, uh, you know, it was serious, but not like you know, not truly like on the brink of life or death kind of thing. So, right. So, but it's all good. That's all good. So she's doing a lot better now. We're happy to hear that yes. uh, little baby Rose is doing better. Getting food in her tummy. 
Oh, yes. Yep, we've been praying for her. For everybody listening, uh, in case you didn't know, prayer works. So why don't you try it sometime? Indeed. You heathens. I didn't mean that. (laughs) (laughs) You're all good people. (laughs) Yeah. So um, as as you all can tell from the title of this episode, we will be talking quite a bit about fatherhood and and what that means uh, from a scriptural perspective and our experiences with it thus far, um, no matter how new that may or may not be, and and, uh, exploring that in greater detail. So here's what's interesting about this episode too. We we all are coming from a very novice perspective, and that um, is kind of a different take than maybe you've heard. And I know that sounds really goofy, like, huh, yeah, we have we have less experience, so our our perspective is better. Uh, we don't mean it like that. What I'm trying to say is, you probably heard a Father's Day message from like a pastor who may or may not have children. Mm-hmm. Uh, our our message today is going to be very scripturally based and um, kind of like we've always done the, the beginning of the, the conversation a little bit. Um, but also we're going to dive deep into some other like stuff like uh, the 33 series and um, maybe some biblical figures who represented fatherhood. Well, so there you go. Kind of a hodgepodge yeah. dad themed stuff to talk about. So it should be but pretty the, good. But the other thing I would say that's like a bigger experience thing that is unique to the three of us is we've all actually lost our father. I don't that's want right. to get too deep into it, but we've all yep. had each each one of us uh, after um, different points in our life have lost our father. So yeah. that will provide a, another unique perspective that you probably haven't heard. That's before. true. So this is the very unique Father's Day uh, podcast. You will have maybe not hear this one ever again. So there you go. Every Father's Day podcast is unique. It's yeah. true. It's but true. to start things out, uh, what do you say we do a little bit of worship? I like this idea, Bob. Let's run with it. What are you What are you playing for us, Bob? I'm thinking that dad knows best. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, what are you playing for us? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Bob just pulls out his trumpet. He's like, I'm going to sing and trumpet at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. So um, as you guys know, in the past couple of weeks, we've been uh, kind of doing this like post uh, worship. So um, yeah, we'll just say we hope you enjoy it. And without further ado, here it is.
some questions first is that how yeah i can i can ask you guys the questions since i'm the third third man out over here yeah you guys like. <laughs> okay all right so for the two of you bob and zach mm-hmm. you guys are brand new daddies bob you have been a daddy now for what like a month and a half <laughs> uh it's, it's been about seven months now uh, uh, more like yeah like it's like a few weeks yeah, yeah so few um, weeks. you're pretty much a noob you don't even know what you're doing um, uh, you're not wrong there. I'm kidding. Sarcastic I'm or not, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I know. And, uh, and Zach, you are a, a dead. You, you, how old your kid now? Seven? Seven, Seven <laughs> days. Days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah. what I was, I was counting days. Yeah. Uh, no, we're basically right at a week. So she's still teeny tiny. Um, whenever I ask somebody how old they are, I say, how old are you? And they go 18. And I say, Wow. You look a lot older than 18 days old. <laughs> I had a, I had a great uncle um, and he used to say like, I'm 72 today. And people will be like, wow, happy birthday. 
And he would say, yeah, I was also 72 yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) And I will be 72 tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, that's fun. (laughs) Okay, so let me ask you both. You both have uh, a different perspective, so I want to hear from both of you. Um, the, The question is, has fatherhood affected your idea of manhood recently? So let's start there. Um, has it affected my idea of manhood? Um, I would, I would rephrase it, 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 it and it, it, say, good. I would rephrase it and say, has fa- has becoming a father affected your idea yeah. of what it means to be a man? I'm not so sure that it's affected my idea of what it means to be a man for me personally. Um, but I've, it, 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 he, I come from a more unique situation in the sense that I, I have six sisters um, I've got three full sisters, one half sisters, and two stepsisters, one of which was become an adopted full sister. Um, and so that is to say that it's uh, <coughs> I guess I guess an adopted half sister. So but that is all that to say that um, that I've been around kids my entire life. I, some of my some of my sisters are literally 20 years younger than me. So I've always been kind of a I wouldn't say a parent, a father figure to my, to my sisters by any means, but I've been around them enough to see kind of how this thing plays out in the different areas, in the different levels of my life. And so, so, um, so in many ways, there wasn't much here that kind of surprised me or changed my viewpoint, but what it has forced me to do is put into practice a lot in the ways mm-hmm. of, uh, of, of, of self-sacrifice to the extremes um, and, um, and, and, and more kind of unique ways. Um, and so, because it, as a big brother, you know, at some point, you know, you can just turn them back over, right. You know, in the end, it's not, it's not really my responsibility yeah. to make sure this little tiny human survives from one day to the next. It's kind of, kind of, my but ultimately that falls uncle. on the parents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, so, so it's really forced me to put a lot of that into yeah. practice, a lot of that mm. self-sacrifice and such. Hey. My uncle Herb from Pennsylvania has saved my life three different times. Wow. Yep. The, I, I'll, that's a that's a story for another time. But is this uh, the the guy who goes uh, spelunking? That's right. That's yeah. right. You told me one time I flipped upside down in an inner tube mm-hmm. on a really extreme rapid and couldn't flip over. Oh and wow! He, and he swam over and he picked me up by my foot and pulled me out of the tube. What a cool dude. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Zach, what about you? How has being recently now a father, how has that affected your idea of being a man or man? I'm relating a lot to what Bob said, especially with uh, the self-sacrifice. Something about uh, seeing your child for the first time. And I don't know um, how it's different uh, when you're in an adoption or foster Mm -hmm. situation, but I imagine that there's a similar kind of thing that happens. Um, so one of the things that I'm thinking about is especially with self-sacrifice, um, this whole year for me has been kind of like a year of, I guess I would call 2021, like the year of self-discipline. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I can of, definitely see that. That has been the fruit of the spirit, um, that I have been trying to practice more in my life and develop more in myself. And I think having a baby in the picture just kind of brings that all the more like, um, I've denied myself sleep. Um, yep. You know, you, like, you wait to fix your own meal before you, um, and t- until you've fixed your kids 
dinner or oh airplane rules. Whatever. Yeah, no, the yeah, airplane exactly. rules. Uh, <laughs> it's the make opposite. sure the uh, the <laughs> mask is on their mouth opposite, first. Opposite yeah. of airplane rules for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, um, I, I was just gonna say that like it's starting off with kind of the small things. So like you know, right now, um, my daughter only eats like you know from a bottle um but you sure. know it'll, it'll get more complicated when you mm-hmm. uh you know start fixing them lunch and then it'll get more complicated when you have to like take them to get braces and maybe you've wanted that brand new uh charcoal grill or something but your baby needs braces <laughs> and so that has to come first and i think about all those things that that my parents did growing up and it just, um, it's kind of clicked like, yeah, like sometimes you have to like even delay like things that you want or sacrifice those things, especially a lot like your time and your energy. And, uh, for me and Kara right now, especially sleep. (laughs) Um, Oh, my friend, I I wish I could say that the sleep part of that gets easier, but unfortunately I, I, it, it hasn't for us yet. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know uh, what that eventually will look like. I'm sure some parents with more experience than us can kind of speak to that. Um, no, well, like, that's yeah. the point I was, that's a, kind of the point is, you know, you guys are being thrust into a new chapter in your life that you know very little about, Yeah, which is, which is kind of maybe leading into a point we should eventually get to, but that we need to, we need to, as novice fathers, um, look to the role model mm-hmm. of fatherhood in the scripture. And I think we'll get to that soon, but um, let me, let me follow up here and say, um, mm-hmm. what kind of father do you hope to be? Zach, you first. Um, the first thing I thought of, um, I really think I want to be the kind of dad that uh, she can talk to, you know, like, I don't know so many, like, with uh, dads and daughters, especially like sometimes there's things like oh, dad would like never understand this. And I think that there's in some ways that's normal and probably going to happen. Like, you know, I need to like reach out to mom with like this thing that I'm dealing with, but I hope that like I would be the kind of dad where it would make sense to her <laughs> that my door is open. And right. Yeah. You don't want to be, in an eighties or nineties, like teen movie. (laughs) And your daughter is like dressed up weird. And you're like on the couch and you're like, geez, like what happened? What's with that outfit? And she's like, you don't get anything. Do you dad? God, just want you to talk to me. (laughs) And she's still don't understand. (laughs) And and Lucy just runs up the stairs and slams the door and you knock and say, Hey honey, you know, if you, if you want to talk, you can just, you know, <laughs> is that, is that what you're dreading that, that scene from that movie yeah. happening? Really? <laughs> no, I, 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 I can relate. I, I think you guys probably know this about me. I talk a little too much, but I hope that I uh, have presented a personality that is sort of disarming. Like you can, you can talk to me about stuff, mm-hmm. but like, it's different when it's your kid, I think even though I'm not a parent, obviously I'm, I imagine it would be different when um, there are already like boundaries of discipline and things like that, that you kind of have to set early on. Mm-hmm. And so who, you know, why would you want to talk to somebody who also is going to punish you if you make a mistake? Right. 
That's like the fear mm-hmm. a lot of people have. What about you, Bob? Uh, what kind of father do you hope to be? Well, I've been thinking a lot about this question over the last several days. Um, and uh, um, I think what, what came to mind was, was, was be similar to Solomon um, in wisdom w- without the concubines. Um, uh, also the kind Who's of ha- time for all that anyway, <laughs> <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that, <laughs> uh, but also kind of uh, um, I, I really hope she sees the kind of the, the bravery of Amos um, and kind of the, the steadfastness and integrity of Job. Hmm. Um, and so the, 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 those three figures specifically come to mind. Um, and so uh, to just, just hope that she, when she looks at me, that, that, that those are the kind of the traits that she sees. It's nice. funny you mentioned some biblical figures. We're going to get into those in just a minute. Um, mm-hmm. I considered talking about Job. I put three up there. Um, Job is very interesting because he's like super devout to God and his children pass away in a storm, if I remember. And then um, because of him being... Uh, so devout, God blessed them with more children. So it's, it's right, it, right. It's, it, it's interesting because you're like, hmm, like, but my first one's died though. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would be pretty like torn up over that. <laughs> I guess it's um, the ultimate uh, profession of faith is to, like, Abraham or Job is to, like, trust God even with like the death of your children. <laughs> That'd be really crazy to even think about, I think. Um, okay. How has your father lined up with what the Bible says about being a good father? Now, geez, are we going to cry? I don't know. <laughs> like that might just, uh, just happen. Um, I guess Bob, we'll start with you and I'll answer. Sure. Too. Um, the, one, some of the big things that my, that my dad taught me, uh, some of the biggest traits was, uh, was integrity and respect, um, uh, with, um, and on the surface that kind of like, especially respect, you know, it sounds kind of con- confining, controlling in a lot of ways, but he also showed me how to have fun in the, within those, within those, uh, within those bounds, um, as well that mm-hmm. simply just showing respect to those above you doesn't mean that you can't have fun or, you know, uh, it, so, so, it's, but, but those were probably some of the two biggest uh, traits that he showed that he taught me was, 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 um, was integrity and respect. Um, yeah. And so, uh, the, um, so yeah, so like Proverbs 10, nine, Proverbs 28, six, Matthew seven, 12, Titus two seven. I mean, all, all these verses kind of flood in um, as you know, as, as verses that kind of relate to those type of traits. Mm. So good, yeah. dad. Yeah. All right. I um, I guess I'll answer and, and I'll I'll leave the last one to you, Zach. Uh, so my dad died. My dad passed away when I was ten. So I only got ten, well, ten years, but really more like six developed enough to remember years. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll say this, my, my father in our household represented um, patience and grace. Um, mm. He was the kind of guy who would uh, take all the stress away from my mom with just like a funny joke. And, uh, he was also the one willing to like throw me and my brother in the car and just like go do something so she could relax or, um, 
he he was the kind of guy who signed us up for every sport every year and then became a coach on the teams that we were on to like help us. Um, the kind of guy that would uh, um, do like karate and martial arts and then try and get us involved, you know, and, and teach us some of the stuff he knew. He was a, a, a Catholic. Um, and so he involved us a lot in church as children. Um, so really he was, he, he represented in a lot of ways, a lot of really, really good things about being a father. Just the, yeah. Uh, kind of the um, grace and the the fun and and uh, the little imparting of wisdoms here and there. Um, and when he passed away, uh, which is, you know, kind of different uh, for like, I, I grew up with a lot of people who came from divorced families and it was really weird, like comparing me to that, you know, uh, like in, how old would, were you when he passed away? I was 10. Yeah. 10 years old. So like I would, I would go to school and, you know, I'd have friends who were divorced or something and I, we would talk about how we didn't have a dad and stuff, mm-hmm. but in, in the eyes of a divorced child there, they are still, uh, comparing, like they're comparing like negative, like it almost seems like if your parent passes away, it almost becomes like, a you remember all of like the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so I guess my point is, I I got ten, I I had a, a ten year old outlook of this guy, who I believe was like the funniest, coolest guy, you know. Um, but the one thing I'll say is, I remember he did have flaws. He wasn't always uh, like representing sure. the perfect father, but um, he he represented, you know. Um, humility and all the things like all of those things shown through. So I guess I'll just wrap up my thing by saying, um, you know, the things I remember about him were really good uh, representations of, mm-hmm. of fatherhood. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say um, my dad wasn't always a Christian. Um, he actually fully gave his life to Christ much later in life. Um, but even all growing up, I think that he really represented loyalty in our family. Um, I kind of like Colin grew up around a lot of people who also had divorced parents, um, or their fathers weren't around for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. And, um, my dad was, you know, he always took care of us. Um, he was very loyal to my mom. Uh, I, feel like I have very few memories of them ever even like fighting in front of us. I'm sure they did fight, um, but they did not like let us see it very much. Um, And so I think he just always kind of like stood out in um, just kind of, I guess the word that makes sense for that would be like fidelity. Like you just, you always knew you could count on him. Um, And so I think that's one of the things that made him so good. And then, um, Later on, when we were older, um, when he was fighting cancer, he fought cancer twice. Um, and second time he um, passed away at the end of it. But um, he just fought so hard and um, was really strong, like in the hospital and everything. And um, 
Like I remember there was one time where me and my sister and um, I think we might've both been engaged at the time. So we both brought our fiancés down to Florida. My dad was sick and actually he was like, he was pretty far along in his cancer. Um, And there was like a point where they were like, Oh, he might not like make it to Thanksgiving, but he kind of rallied because we were coming down, you know? And so he kind of like got somewhat healthy to like spend the holiday with us. And I know he was like probably suffering quite a bit, but like he, you know, just kind of like got his act together as much as he could (laughs) (laughs) hang out with us. And so, you know, those kind of things I think will always stick with me. Awesome. Yeah. A pretty well, deep episode so far. <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, yeah, let's move, let's move, uh, out of that dark territory. No, I'm just kidding. It's, um, it's, it's interesting because we kind of already answered the next question. Uh, yeah. so I guess that was kind of my thing when I, when I answered too, is just saying like, you know, we each had fathers who passed away. And as a result of that, we yeah. have this kind of, uh, yeah. and it's funny. It's almost like we have this ideal, image i think yeah and 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 i don't know it's just it's interesting because like i said if 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 your father is still alive or if maybe you things aren't great with your father um you know you you see them more plainly maybe than you would if you if 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 you're remembering them fondly i guess i could say like with with my dad passing away the more that time goes on uh the more i feel like i'm more like him it's really mm-hmm. weird like me too I, I i feel like and i feel like i'm wanting to be more like him like this is a positive development yeah um, mm-hmm. when i was growing up see my dad was like our personalities like on the surface were a little bit different because he was a bit more of a jock like he wrestled in high school and he went into the air force right out of high school to pay for college and He's just like a little bit more like on the competitive like edge, you know, and I was a bit more of a nerd in high school and a bit more of a creative kid. I kind of did the music thing. I did some like theater and stuff like that. Um, And that was kind of that was not really his his deal. And so I did not really realize how similar we are until much later. Like me and my dad got much more close. Um like when I was in college and I would come home and hang out um, because we kind of realized that like, we have a lot of the same like values and things, even though, you know, some of our interests are a little bit different. Um, But as Hmm. time goes on, I kind of see myself like picking up (laughs) those values, like more and more and kind of trying to lean into them. (sighs) So I, I, I can I can relate to that. Um, yeah. I, I definitely see a lot of those similar kind of things. Um, even ask myself in this situation, what what, what would Dad do? You know, mm-hmm. you know th- th- those types of things. And uh, yeah, oh yeah, um, d- definitely see myself kind of leaning more into those and trying to position myself. Even though she's only seven months old, you know, th- there's there's a lot of you know she's not picking up on a, on a lot of you know the the, the discipline or respect or things like that. But, but, you know, but also just having fun, you know, just someone, you know, I want to be someone that she enjoys being around, you know, just Mm -hmm. like I enjoy being around my dad. Um, It wasn't always true. You know, he he was very, very hard on on us at times. It it felt 
from the, from my perspective, like he was hard on us. But at the same time, I saw what he was going for. I saw why he was doing what he was doing. I, 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 I looking back, I can, I can understand uh, where he was coming from and what he was trying to instill on us. Yeah. And although my techniques might be slightly different, I don't disagree with what he was trying to do. And I want to kind of do those same type of things, maybe in a different way, but definitely try, you know, I see myself, how can I position our habits, our values, our household to reflect the type of things that he taught us. Sure. Yeah, definitely. All right. So let's, let's look at a few uh, biblical figures here. One of the things I want to kind of illustrate um, Mm -hmm. a little bit is that um, even beyond Jesus and God, of course, uh, and the Holy spirit um, beyond the perfect beings who we emulate with all that we do or try to anyway, um, nobody is going to be perfect. So every single father figure for the most part in the scriptures are going to be flawed at least a little bit Mm because they're humans. They're all sinners, but absolutely. We did. We did want to take a look at a few examples of some good aspects of, of fatherhood. And I, I talked with the guys about the, the father of the prodigal son um, from Luke 15 um, and, uh, I've been trying, I don't think they ever, I mean, it's a parable, so they don't really give a good, they don't really give names, but, um, I'll just, I, I want to read just an excerpt from Luke 15, 11 through 32. I won't read like the whole, whole thing, but I'll just read a few excerpts just to get you guys a flavor. Cause this is, um, yeah. Uh, you know, the guy had two sons. And the younger or younger one of them said, "Father, give me the share of my pro- uh, of property that is coming to me." So he's asking his dad to go ahead and just give him mm-hmm. his like, inheritance, the, yes. his inheritance, yes. and yes. I, as, I, 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 which was highly insulting. I w- basically saying, "I wish you were dead. I just want my stuff and leave me alone." Right. Well, not just that, but also he's the younger of the two sons, so he so he is supposed to sort of. I guess in a way be like revered second as well. So the older, the older of the two sons, you'll find that important later in the story. If you have if you don't know the scripture, but I'm assuming if you're a Christian, you might, um, even if you're not a Christian, you probably heard of this, but, um, uh, so he divided the property up and then many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took off journey to the far country. So he's basically saying like, yeah, I'm done here. I'm just going to go off and do whatever I want. And so mm-hmm. he gets into a bit of trouble. Um, he um, um, he was living recklessly. Uh, you know, I, I guess he finds out that his father has been hiring servants to sort of like, you know, he starts thinking about it and he's like, well, at least maybe... Um, I can go back and at least get like bread and be a servant because I don't have anything. And, um, the father is so overwhelmingly overjoyed that he's back. And so like the kind of like resolution kicker of the story is that the other son is like, this is a bunch of, uh, bull poop. And, uh, not only that, but you killed a bull and gave it to him. So double bull poop. And I, <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of you just, you know, 
you know, loving on this guy who clearly went off and insulted you, went and ruined his thing, uh, you know, uh, and you know he just comes back and you're you're celebrating, and the father says, "It it was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive; he was lost and is found." Um, and I find that interesting because not only is he a good dad in that, in the sense, you know, that he's a good dad, but the parable is supposed to teach whoever's listening about the idea mm-hmm. of how important it is. The idea of like, you know, I guess from a biblical and from a, eternal perspective that jesus is using he is saying that like for someone to be lost or dead and to come back and be found is like super significant and that all of heaven you know rejoices right yeah and so i think that's extremely significant in terms of oh yeah of of fatherhood being being able to look past transgression and sin and say you know you are my son uh, th- this is a, this is, you know, this has several layers, the story, obviously one of the, one of the big takeaways from this is kind of like Jesus putting in perspective about like fairness and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like, yeah, but think but, about like, you know, if the, the older brother I think is supposed to represent Israel in this case. Right. And the older brother is just like mm-hmm. jealous that the younger brother came back and, um, you know, think about like how even as like we as Christians can kind of like have those certain people that we want to like push to the outside, like uh, they're just going to like disrupt church or whatever <laughs> if they come in. Um, but God is happy when they come back to when any one of us comes back to him, you know, and so right, something's wrong if we're not celebrating that. And so that just kind of speaks of like what it means to be a father because of how the Lord is a father to us. He like wants all of us to come back. Right. Well, like, yeah. so, right. And, you know, I, I kind of glossed over this, but I'll, I'll just read um, verse. Um, so Luke 15 verse 20. Um, and it says that, you know, Treat, he, he said he will say to his father, treat me as one of your servants. And he rose and came to his father. Yeah. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. So it was almost as if just the pure act of his son returning was enough to, yeah. to gain d- this loving embrace. And the son wasn't expecting to be restored, you know, back to being a full son. Right. He was just like, maybe I can come back and be a servant, you know, work and, my way back up. <laughs> and obviously, like I said, it's got several layers. This has a lot of implications uh, in terms of our relationship with God and the idea yeah. that, you know, we are, we, we go out and we have this sinful life and then we think we're not even like worthy to be forgiven. Right. Um. So, so that's one example. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about Joseph, Jesus's father. I want to talk about that next because hmm. Joseph's Joseph's story um, is extremely significant. 
because Joseph was kind of blindsided in all of the ways that you can be blindsided as a husband yeah. and a father. Um, Joseph, who I suppose you could say, uh, uh, what do you want to say? He, he did. I, I think that Joseph acted, uh, as humanly reasonable as he could have in the situation with Mary, but he also didn't have the same, you know, he didn't have all the info until he was visited and, and explain the situation right. was explained. Yeah. Um, he was trying to, uh, you know, be above reproach while sparing her, like all the shame, you know, legally speaking, he could have potentially even had her stoned. Right. Well, and so because, because by all accounts for the, all of human history, it, everything there looked like that, uh, that, that she had been with another man. And so it's, so I'm not saying it's right, but according to Jewish law, she could have been stoned for that. And, mm-hmm. and, and his, his go-to re, um, approach was, you know what? Fine. You were with another man. Um, I'm just going to quietly divorce you and we'll move on. Um, only, only to have God intervene with that. But the point is, is that he was trying to show a sense of integrity, a sense of compassion for her. Right. So this is the summed up version in uh, Matthew, uh, I think, uh, you know, so we don't have to take too much time on it. Um, in Matthew 1, starting in verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. So we know that Mary was pretty young. And I assume that betrothed means a arranged thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so Joseph doesn't really have any, like, I would say Joseph at that point may not have had a, an emotional, you know, he, he hasn't lived with Mary for very long. So, um, you know, before they came together, she f- was found to be with child. So, I assume what that means in the context of everything is that before they had actually had their marital relations. Um, And so I think from Joseph's perspective, this is before the fatherhood is kind of taking place, but this is the preemptor to Joseph being a good dad. Um, He tries to do the best thing for her first. Right. In his mind, in his mind, because, um, and it says, and her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So already we know that he is, uh, you know, trying to do what I would, I think in his mind is the the right thing to do. Um, but, but he's also found out to be very devout and that he completely trusts, you know, when an angel of the Lord appears, he's just ready. You know, he says, you know, uh, she will bear you a son. All, all this, uh, took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took his wife, but he knew her not until he till she had given birth 
to a son and he called he called his name Jesus. So from the get-go he is obedient, he's a good husband. Um and as we know not much about Jesus's adolescent phase, but we do know that um Joseph was a carpenter, right? And he teaches he teaches Jesus to be a carpenter in some ways. Am I thinking of that correctly? Family trade. Family yeah, trade. I mean, that, that, that makes um, a lot of sense we, culturally. Yeah, that's what we assume. That, yeah, yeah, right. That culturally, that yeah, that's what everybody would have done. So, uh, so this is you know not a full picture of Joseph, but with the things we do know, he's a devout guy. He is a reasonable guy. He's a, I, I would say he's a compassionate guy for the way he treats Mary, and furthermore, he, um, doesn't doubt that his son is the son of God. So. Um, I guess that that's a different look than the prodigal, uh, the, the, the father of the prodigal son who is very graceful. I would say Joseph is, uh, very wise, um, and very, uh, faithful. So those are some aspects of fatherhood from Joseph. All right, Zach and Bob, I think you guys know, uh, about as much as I do about Zechariah, John the Baptist's father. We did a song about his words do you remember that i do remember that yeah so let's take a look at zechariah really quick this is it's luke one i'm pretty sure yeah it is luke one starting in verse five that's right so basically an angel comes to yes um, thank you comes okay, to zechariah yes. and his zechariah is married to his wife elizabeth and um an angel comes to him and says Starting in verse 13, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. Um, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn hearts of the parents of their children and disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. So basically, uh, Zechariah is um, muted. (laughs) Yeah, so many, many people believe that the that this is a this is a story about him sort of having like doubts which mm-hmm. i would say that's probably true but only because you know like so many that that don't really understand the full weight of what's happening like the apostles when they try and uh the disciples when they're trying to talk to jesus and jesus tells them something they're like but wait blah 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 and he's like you're still not getting it i don't think so mm-hmm. uh, I think this was Gabriel's point was to be like, well, you're not getting it. So I'm going to make you mute um, until this stuff comes to pass. But um, what's interesting is later on, um, I believe if I'm not mistaken, uh, 
he is mute, so he writes the name. He writes nope. his name is John. When, no, 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 no. I believe I believe that was his first words from not being a mute. Hold on. Or, go ahead. We'll start down here. The birth of John the Baptist in verse yep. 57. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth and she bore a son and her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her and mm-hmm. they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they would have called him Zechariah after his father. But his mother answered, no, he shall be called John. And they said to her, none of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father because he was mute. <laughs> they oh, okay. were like, yeah, yeah. Oh, they were right. putting signs yeah. up inquiring what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. So what he is doing when he yeah, writes his right. name is John is fulfill, is fulfilling the request of mm-hmm. the angel. Yep. He's saying you, because the angel says to him, if you call him John, then these things will happen. Do not be, af-, he says later, he says, you know, before, uh, right in verse 13 of Zechariah, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son yeah. and you shall call him John. So right, the fact right. that the fact that he writes John is what loosens his lips. Yeah. Um, I gotcha. Immediately yeah. his mouth was open and then Zechariah, which I won't read. You can listen to our song. It's, you know, that's the, that's the best way to, to, to it's, know. These, uh, bless be the God of Israel. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Blessed be the God of Israel. Yeah. So, um, so he's not just, he's not just professing about his child. He's, it's more of a, um, grandiose, you know, it's like a full message about what will come, uh, the, you know, the glory of God. Uh, mm-hmm. and so what's interesting is right at John the Baptist's birth, we see what is a very, a very good story of redemptive devotion and faith. Um, you know, for somebody like myself or whoever, uh, becoming unable to speak, you might just be like, well, this, this stinks, you know, this is my lot, but he had the faith to say, you know, I want to like follow what, what, uh, the angel was telling me and be obedient. And then as a result, he, he is just burst forth with the Holy spirit. And so, um, yeah, I just think it's another mm-hmm. good example of, uh, a good, he is a father. He's the father of John the Baptist. Uh, we have to assume again that, uh, uh Zechariah being a priest, um, we know that he was, a, a an older priest that he probably did, uh, mentor John to some extent. Um, not just, you know, him, obviously God was working with John the Baptist, uh, you know, yeah. but. Well, yeah. And I guess like kind of the lesson I, I take from, Zechariah is even though he doubted in the beginning um, right he still came around and um God was patient with him I think maybe in some ways this says more about God than it does about us <laughs> like, in a way yeah I like, guess you're right. all all fathers are flawed right and right. um but trusting God is is the most important thing that you can do and That's true. when you when you trust God that kind of opens up you know, for, for him to work through you. And I think that's kind of good. That's a good example of that in Zechariah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, do you guys want to talk about our last one? Yeah. I was going to say for that matter, like it's kind of the same thing with Abraham. Um, Whoops. (laughs) 
So. And I like that you wrote, uh, yeah, right. He tried to kill his kid. You dingus <laughs> on the notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Which that was funny. my, that was my sarcastic joke. That's, but yeah. that's the joke. Um, Abraham. Wow. He don't, uh, don't leave your kid around him. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> you know? three second rule on Abraham. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, his, the thing that Abraham did was he, um, he trusted God and he's like, God, I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> when God told him to get his son up and take him to the top of the mountain. Um, and, but he trusted God anyway. And uh, like, there's a lot of, there's a couple different places like in James, it says like Abraham trusted God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And so I think you want to be a righteous father. Um, the examples from scripture, the ones that really like show what a good father, a good father is obedient to our heavenly father. You know, you have to be obedient Absolutely. to God first. Yeah. And sure. so it's um, taking that step of faith. And I think that's, I think that's one of the most important things a dad can do. And um, I just pray that God will lead me in, in those steps so that I can, uh, take those steps of faith. Um, even if I don't have all the answers, um, we talked about it before. It's not exactly the same as a blind faith. Blind faith would be like, you have no reason to trust at all. And you just kind of like make a leap. But we do know that from scripture, we have every reason to believe and trust God. Um, and I think just leaning into that, uh, that's what faith is resting on that. Um, going to God for that righteousness, that trust, trusting him with the plan. Um, I think right. that that's really the the key to good fatherhood in my estimation. Um, so, yeah. yeah, no, I like it. Um, so I'll, I'll do this next part quickly, gentlemen. I'll, I'll just, I'll check in with you all, but um, so I did, I did this like men's mm -hmm. study, Thing Our church was, did that too, but I okay. wasn't able to make it to it. I I found it to be really good. I thought the three gentlemen that um that kind of do the roundtable discussion on it were really great. Uh, their names are Brian Carter, um, Tears Tearscreen, and John Bryson. I think I'm saying Tears right. Um, but uh, yeah, they have a whole big series on this. Um. One of the one of the interesting things was what is the series called? It's called the thirty three series, thirty three okay. the series, um, and I believe that the overarching title is called Authentic Manhood. Um, mm -hmm. So there's like a lot of subheader names for this. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So it says it's based on the original men's fraternity material created by Dr. Robert Lewis. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've actually, um, uh, uh, did that, uh, that was, I guess it was close to about 10 plus. Oh, that was over well over 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm it's familiar with the men's fraternity one. series. And the reason they call it 33 series, the series is because, um, they, they say it's a journey to authentic manhood as modeled by Jesus in his 33 years on earth, mm. which I would say it's more like, you know, uh, what we know of Jesus probably is, you know, not a full 33 years, but I understand their point. Um, here's, here's what I got out of it. I didn't actually do the fatherhood one, but the, I did look up the fatherhood one and took some notes. 
on some of the videos that they had online about it, just to kind of give you guys a, a glimpse into it. But the one thing I thought was really interesting about the way they describe um, authentic manhood is they just look to the scriptures about what authentic manhood is. Um, and there's a lot of interesting things, you know, a, a lot of the, the first volume here is literally just like what it means to be like a man as it's defined in the scripture. Mm-hmm. But today is Father's Day or around when we uh, release this episode. And one of the things that I wanted to kind of touch on is in this first volume, and then I'll talk about the uh, the fatherhood part later in a second. But oh, these these four tenets I thought were really impactful to me to think about, and we like kind of go through them because mm-hmm. uh, they bring them up again in the fatherhood one. But they said the definition of like like the real definition of manhood. Um. So it's. Let me go back here. I got the book open. I'm looking through it. Um, A clear vision of authentic manhood. And I believe that they're defining it as such. Um, Reject passivity. And they go Mm -hmm. through that. Accept responsibility. Lead courageously. And invest eternally. Mm. And those four things were really interesting to to hear in 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 the series. And I would, I would honestly, you know what? I don't do this very often. I don't, I don't like go outside the Bible too often or make recommendations. I would recommend that uh, people check these out, check out this whole series. Um, but the idea of rejecting passivity, I think, in in what they're describing, um, goes pretty deep into this idea of like not being a like a bystander, but uh, actually like being actively involved. And actively and, making decisions, actively yes. uh, taking yeah. charge in your life and in the lives of, in the life of your family, as yeah. opposed to just simply letting things happen. Right. That's that's exactly right. So, so um, they do have a lot of scripture. Again, this would take a really long time to just delve through because they have this whole like you know several week series where they go through this kind of stuff. But um, I like I like the idea of rejecting passivity, accepting responsibility. So. I'm I'm a very hardline guy about re- accepting responsibility as a Christian. Um, so, uh, and then leading courageously is the thing we're going to focus on because of fatherhood, and then investing eternally, which is also, I think, very closely tied into fatherhood. And mm-hmm. so, if you break them down simply, rejecting passivity, like Bob said, is just never being a sideline guy when it comes to doing what you need to do. Accepting responsibility means not only like, you know, saying I I'm wrong and I need to do better, but it's also saying I'm responsible for these other people in my life. Like Mm -hmm. I need to like take charge. Um, Then leading courageously, which is the follow up to that is to literally say like, like uh, as a, as a man or as a father, I need to, I need to lead where God is asking me to be the leader, uh, take on that role. Uh, and then the last investing eternally, I think is self-explanatory, but the idea of, um, everything that we do as men, as fathers needs to be an investment for the kingdom. So, uh, if we are teaching our children, we need to teach them, um, to love the Lord. We need to teach them Mm -hmm. in the ways that will be pleasing to God. But, um, so that is volume one 
of the 33, the series. Uh, volume six is called A Man in His Fatherhood. Volume one is called A Man in His Design. And it goes through a lot of different aspects of manhood. But the last chapter is on fatherhood. And here's just a few notes from some videos I watched. So a, a true father needs to be humble, grateful, generous, and have a servant's heart. And so, mm. again, we kind of get the, the four aspects. Um, humble, I think, would be sort of the idea of like, uh, you know, taking responsibility and being uh, and having humility. Um, grateful being, you know, we, we, we look to the Lord uh, and, and remember what he's done. Generous being, of course, self-explanatory. Uh, I would say having a graceful and generous heart and then having a servant's heart to always be trying to serve the Lord. Um, and the one guy that they have for the fatherhood one, I can't remember his name. He's like a, the fourth man they have come in. But he said, connecting with your child's heart will help them connect to God's heart. Um, so, it, and as you go through this fatherhood series, it almost they're, what they're trying to say is that our best role models as fathers is Jesus. And so the way that he, and the father, of course. Um, and so the way that we can be good fathers is by emulating them. Um, and one of the bigger problems that children face today is not having strong role models. And so, mm -hmm. um, I think they even make the statement that says like our generation, I guess the, um, right. what do you want to say? The millennials, not the millennials. What are we millennials? We are yeah. Millennials. Yeah. We, we are millennials. Those underneath of us are Gen Z or are zoomers as some people are trying to Gen adopt Z is in younger than us. Yes. Younger yeah. than us. So the generation so, that those in their early to mid twenties below us are, are in Gen Z. Okay. So here's one statement that has been made. And I think that they have, again, you'd have to look at the series, but I think they have a lot of um, research to back this up. But the idea that our generation and Gen Z and maybe the one before us, maybe the one after that, um, all like the, the role models of our lives growing up might have been slimmer. Like we may not have seen people that well, yeah. The the numbers of like fathers who are present is low. Has been, has been trending down, I think. That's true. Mm -hmm. It's very true. Yeah. Um, yeah for about the last get, thirty years. And and I don't know what the yeah. exact numbers are. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I don't know if it ever made a turnaround, but um I've heard that forever. Yes. And I and the one thing I do know is there's all kinds of um, potential like problems when the father is not around. Oh, and absolutely. I know that like they go into it know, hard in the, I am not discounting like the single mothers out there. That is very, very important. And gosh, they, you know, can, they have to be so awesome sometimes. But, I was raised uh, right, pretty much in yeah, a single mother yeah. relationship. Yeah. But there's just a, the research just shows over and over again, like the benefits right. of having a father in the home. And so, so, so right. So what I think one of the points they were making was if you were born in a household where you didn't have a father role model, how are you able, how are you supposed to model being a good father to the next generation? And yeah. so the answer was Jesus. Yes. Um, and so that is part of that, not only being responsible, um, um, and leading courageously, leading 
with with Jesus at the forefront uh, of your role as leader and investing eternally, but um, do it do it in yeah. the ways that Jesus did it humbly, gratefully, generously, yeah. and, and 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 as a servant um, to emulate that in a way that your children will see that in you, and then hopefully you do get those relationships where your kids want to have a, a good talking relationship and and the cool you know. thing is, is that it's all about grace and like yeah the mm-hmm. the grace is there because we are gonna fall short at some mm-hmm. point like you could try right. and be the you could try to be the best dad all the time but just in your own power like you're gonna mess up um jesus is there to fill those gaps and god is so good you know that he can even fill the gap to when there can't be a father around, you know? Um, and so you, uh, this, this part right here really kind of hits home to my family tree a little bit because um, in more recent year and the more recent months, I found out that my grandfather uh, was in fact raised by his mother. Um, mm-hmm. in, in the sense that his, his father was not around yeah. um, growing up. So when it came to raising my dad, he was not really a great dad to him. So my, my grandfather right. was not a great father to my to my own dad. And so when my dad came to when it came, so because you know, he didn't know what he was doing. And so when my dad came to raising us, you know, he, I can I can look back and I can see that he was doing the best he could, but he really didn't know what he was doing in a lot of ways because his father wasn't great to him. Mm. But he was yeah. good. He, he he was a decent father. But he was. But there were some obvious flaws. And now I'm looking back, and I mean, and I'm seeing how this this trend. And it's so easy that my family tree could have gone the opposite direction with all of this. You know, you got no father, a bad father, a, a bad father. Yeah. Yes. But in the in, in my sense, it actually became much more of a positive, correcting trend. You know, my my grandfather didn't have a father growing up, and my father had a not so he was not a great father but my father did a little bit better than him and hopefully i do better than my own father but my point is this this constant this trend and so it's taken literally three generations to correct the lack of fatherhood in the 1940s of all times yeah you know i, I mean right I, I, you know when a time when divorce wasn't a thing a single mother wasn't a thing in the 1930s and 40s right so so the whole reason i'm bringing this up is because all three of us are without fathers right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've gotten an image of our father that we've kind of held, you know, a representation of what we might aspire to be like. But in the same way, we have this father figure also to tap into, and that is the father, you know. And so um, we we may or may not have had the full scope of seeing, you know, of our, of our fathers giving us advice today on what it means to be a good father, but um, they did emulate being a good father. They emulated some of these aspects like being humble, grateful, generous servant's heart. Um, And so we can look fondly back on those things, but we also have God, the father and the scriptures to tell us, you know, kind of the ways to go. Um, one other aspect I wanted to talk about is uh, representing grace and truth. Yeah. And so one of the, that's for when your kids get older, obviously. But um, you know, grace—you're always going to show grace to your your children. But I think what they meant was 
from in first in John chapter one, starting in verse um, 14, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people try and gripe over the idea of, you know, how much, how much of God is grace and how much of it is of him is truth. And I think when you think about truth, you think about like, you know, writing wrongs essentially. And so, um, yeah. And it's as if it, it can't be both. Yeah, exactly. It can't be a hundred percent both. (laughs) And so what I like is the idea that we can emulate, hopefully if we're, if we follow the plan of the scripture, we can emulate the kind of fatherhood that represents yeah. both grace and truth to our yeah. children. And we serve so a God go. who's full of grace and truth. You know, we can have a hundred percent of both because God is a hundred percent of both. There you go. He, you know, Jesus was a hundred percent man and a hundred percent God somehow. And we don't know exactly how that works. And yet it can be both. And so we need him <laughs> in order to have both of those things. That's right. Yeah. And so that's all the series says. I thought it was really insightful. Um, I thought it was, I thought these guys were three, were three guys that reminded me of the three of us, you know, kind mm-hmm. of bringing certain different aspects, but they all had some really cool discussions and it reminded me of our podcast. So I figured I would bring that up um, just because I don't have any personal experience being a father yet. So that was my way of contributing something, but, uh, but yeah. All right. Uh, I guess, um, the only thing left to do would be just to, um, I think maybe I'll pray over the two of you. Is that okay? I'd appreciate it actually. Just, just, uh, going forth as fathers. Can I do that for father's day? And this will also be a prayer for maybe some of the listeners too. So is that all right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And we also give our prayers to like those who Father's Day is tough for one reason or another. Yeah, uh, missing fathers, uh, um, lost fathers. Yeah. Um, so there we go. All right, uh, God, um, I just thank you so much for uh, giving my friends Zach and Bob the opportunity to step into this new chapter in their life. Um, the responsibility, the the leadership role um, that they're going to be stepping into. Um, God, I, I, I thank you for that. I thank you for the beautiful life you brought to Bob with Rose and the beautiful life you brought to, oh, well, Bob and Bethany, and the beautiful life you brought to uh, Zach and Kara with, uh, with Lucy. And God, we, uh, we just, I just want to pray that um, going forward, um, you would guide these two men in the way that they should go as fathers and, and help them and, and help them to um, emulate you and um, God I also pray for everybody listening uh, that um, you would uh, re- you know that God would uh, I want to pray for everybody listening that God would intercede in your lives um, for those who don't have fathers you still have a father um, for those who are fathers that uh, you could look to your father um, for guidance. And uh, God, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
that was a bumbling of words. Sorry, but we got through it. <laughs> All right. Well, boys, good stuff. Good, stuff. good episode. I support yep. the heck out of both of you guys. Yeah, we appreciate you. And uh, man, long, long way to go. <laughs> Lots to learn still. <laughs> it can only go up from here. See that? Yep. Age, height. <laughs> yep. Cognitive function. Bills. <laughs> <laughs> College. No. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, check us out. Uh, we are going to get the ball rolling now yep. with uh, the podcast. We're going to start uh, speeding up again. We're hopefully gotten over the hump. Yep. And speaking of support, if you all wanted to, if our listeners wanted to support us, they could always reach out to us on uh, patreon.com and support us there. Please do. All right. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Daddy-o's. <laughs>